Welcome to the USU Career Studio podcast that helps you navigate your career path. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your friends and family all about it. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to get access to our newest content. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armistead, your host, and I am beyond excited to reconnect with an old friend of mine, Katie Nielsen, today. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Katie's flower journey started in small town Arizona, where she used to dream of creating beautiful arrangements for beautiful brides. She went on to pursue her associate's degree in agricultural science from USU and gained nursery and florist experience, and then decided to open her own wedding and florist company, Little Lady Floral, that is based out of Logan, Utah. So Katie, as a fun fact, (laughs) I happen to know that you played soccer at Southern Virginia University, which is actually where our paths crossed. So talk to me about that experience. I'd love to hear some lessons that you learned from playing collegiate soccer. Yes, of course. So playing soccer at SVU, Southern Virginia University, was absolutely one of the best things I've ever done. It was a really good part of my life where I learned a lot, mostly because I was definitely not the best player on the field, but some of my besties were the real rock stars. But because I still had the awesome chance to go and play, I learned how to be like a team player, to really applaud others' successes and cheer others on. And that's kind of where I started learning like, community over competition. I don't know. Overall, my whole SVU experience was learning that there's a lot of things that you can do in life. Sometimes you can tear others down or you can decide to build others up. Um, Either way, you're going to get to the same place. And so why not build others up while you get there? So yeah, I guess just community over competition is what I learned. And then obviously I met you. So that was just a blast. And <laughs> Bonus. Yeah. And I was thinking about it the other day. It's kind of funny to look back and be like, oh, we were so little. We didn't know what we were doing, you know, our freshman years or whatever. Yes. But here we are and we found our way. <laughs> so <laughs> it's great. It was a good foundation. <laughs> I love that. Love that so much. Well, and this month, Katie, we're talking all about turning failures into futures. And as the creator and owner of Little Lady Floral, I'm sure you've experienced some bumps in the road and also successes. So I'm really looking forward to your insights today. To begin, I would love to ask a question that I recognize is maybe not the most positive note, but I'm going to ask about the earliest memories that you have of failure. So if you can think back, and this can be like any aspect of your life, but what are some early memories of failure? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't recall like something that was super pivotal, but growing up, like we just talked about, I did play soccer. So there was a lot of failures in that a lot of upsets. (laughs) I did actually grow up kind of in a farm setting where I raised 4-H steers and animals and such like that. So there was a lot of hard work put into that when I didn't always succeed like I wanted to there. So just a lot of little things growing up taught me how to work hard and then also taught me that even if you do fail or even if there are upsets, like that's not the end, keep pushing forward and there's better things coming. I just had something come to mind. It was because I learned those things in sports growing up and with 4-H and stuff. My biggest upset was back in September of 2019, right before I started Little Lady Floral. I was here in Logan going to Utah State and I just was like itching to get like a flower position somewhere. Like it didn't matter where. But I was like, okay, I've been studying this ornamental horticulture and agriculture. And I just want to like have more hands-on experience here in Utah. And I just kept getting turned down 
for positions and there was this one position that opened up here in town and I like thought I was a shoe in I was like oh yeah this is it this is it I'm gonna get so much more experience so when I graduate I can start my own business and I never got a call back and it really stung <laughs> yeah I don't know. I mean, for me telling you the story, I'm like, okay, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal. But for in my world, it was a huge deal. And so I kind of like lit a fire in my belly. And when I got that denial or whatever, I didn't get a call back for that position. That's what really like was the catalyst to, for me to start Little Lady Floral and just say, you know what, if I'm not going to get experience somewhere else, I just got to get my own experience from myself, <laughs> you know, from putting myself out there. So that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so interesting. And I've had lots of conversations with lots of different people from all sorts of backgrounds. And it's interesting that you bring up this idea of creating your own opportunities when it doesn't readily exist. And I can't tell you how many successful people I've talked to who have done that exact same process of saying, I'm not seeing what I want. I'm not getting what I want currently. And therefore, I'm just going to have to do a little bit of creative thinking and, and make it happen. <laughs> so that's so interesting that you bring that up. I'm, I'm really glad that you did. Something I'm really curious about it. It sounds like you're one of the lucky few people, I would say, that had a sense of what they wanted to be when they grew up pretty early on. So talk to us about the early memories of kind of this dream or this vision you have of florals. So I'm just thinking back and when I was like probably five, six, seven, eight, I lived next to a lady named Miss Judy and Miss Judy would like babysit us sometimes, you know, when my mom was working, but she had like these beautiful bushes. They were honeysuckle bushes. And that is what I think like my first like love for flowers was instilled in me. And then ever since then, we moved around a lot when I was younger. And so I had different interests in different states. But when I landed in Arizona around my high school years, I got a job in this little greenhouse. And, you know, Arizona is kind of a dry place. So like this greenhouse was like an oasis. <laughs> <laughs> and this greenhouse became my happiest place. You know, I was I loved going to work because I knew like I would go and water the herbs and all this stuff. And I think that's when my little dream kind of took root. I felt like, oh, it'd be so neat to have a flower shop when I'm older. And then for me, I want to be a mom someday and like just have like my little kids running around my little flower shop and then just being surrounded by this awesome stuff and great beauties. That's when it kind of took hold for me. But then as I went to college and as I kind of started seeing different parts of different industries, I thought, okay, I really love the wedding industry. I really love the excitement of someone's big day. And I really love the arrangement the design of wedding flowers a little bit more than flower shop florals. So that's just kind of where it went for me. And I found my way to Utah State, which meant I could study agriculture and it was just a great fit. I love that you brought up these little pieces of, oh, I noticed that I really love this part of the industry. You talked about the wedding industry. And I'm curious, how did you discover those little pockets of information that were so crucial to you being where you are today? How did you find those key pieces of figuring out what you were interested in? So like I said, I did have that position at a greenhouse in high school. And then when I actually moved to Utah and started going to Utah State, I worked at a nursery by Logan High. And then again, I was also doing like flowers in pots and stuff. <laughs> and so when I also would just go online and look at different floral shops and different floral techniques, I started migrating towards wedding flowers and just started to like do my own research online. I found like these great floral coaches. One of my favorites is called, I think her name is Amy Nicole Floral. I think she just barely changed her Instagram handle to the flower 
power coach. But anyway, she's awesome. And so I started learning that there are different parts of the industries for flowers that you could go to that I didn't have to have the brick and mortar storefront, that I could do it from my home studio. So a lot of it was just kind of digging in, doing some research and it opened up avenues. And so, I mean, we live in a great day and age where you can Google anything or type in a hashtag. (laughs) So I would encourage anyone who feels like they're stuck to just see if there's different outlets, different avenues that they can go down that are in their same interest, but you know, fit better for them and what they want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Great advice. I love that. So as kind of a follow-up question, even though you had somewhat clear direction, I would say probably more clear direction career-wise than a lot of people feel like they have. Have you ever experienced moments of uncertainty, which you've already kind of alluded to uh, with maybe some of the interviews that didn't turn into jobs or whatnot, but talk to us about maybe some moments of uncertainty that you've had about pursuing this dream. So when I finally like first decided I was going to put money towards Little Lady Floral and like make it an investment and actually go down this path for sure, I was scared because it's not a typical nine to five job. I'm not employed by someone else. I don't have the normal securities that a lot of people would like to have in life after graduation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also another part of it was, you know, I want to be available if I do have kids and is being an entrepreneur too much work? Will I squish out other options in life? Anyways, so I had a lot of insecurities and a lot of questionings with it. But again, the more I looked into different people and the way that they structured their businesses and and well, investing, different things like that. Anyways, the more I looked into life and like adult things, the more I realized it's totally possible. You can definitely do anything you want to do financially and physically and socially with your families and stuff if you really want to make it work. So yeah, I had a lot of different scares. <laughs> One of them was the fact that I didn't also know anything about like accounting or I didn't know anything about LLCs or taxes and different stuff like that. But that's why we have other professions, you know, other people we can lean on to help us do those things. Absolutely. I love this. So you were doing great research. You you figure out, okay, I think I'm really going to do this business thing. I'm going to try this out. What were some of the first steps that were required to actually bring that dream into reality? Yeah. So my very first steps was I knew that I had taken floral design classes and stuff like that, which were very helpful. They weren't specifically the niche of wedding floral design, but they were just the general floral design classes. So it was super helpful to get that base. But again, I didn't know anything about the business aspect of it. I didn't know what it would look like to give someone an invoice, a proposal with their designs. I really didn't know what to email them back and forth if someone inquired. (laughs) So I was very scared to even start that whole process. And so I actually just went to... There's a really great florist. She lives in Provo, Utah. Her name is Sarah and her business is Blushing Rose Floral. And I actually just paid to have like this start your own floral business workshop. And she gave me like all the ins and outs. I think I spent like a day at her house (laughs) in her home studio. And we just went through the whole process that she does. I asked a lot of questions. And even now to this day, like if I have some questions, I'm like, hey, what what would you advise me to do, we still have a good connection there. And I think that's kind of where like the whole community over competition comes in with the wedding industry here in Utah. It's like, okay to ask questions. (laughs) You know, it's good to ask questions and it's good to lean on other people. And so starting my business, that was the first step I took was I took a couple of workshops for her after that first initial one too, to where like I learned some of her design techniques because I really liked that as well. And then since then, I've invested a lot into like online education as well. So basically, 
just a lot of learning. People might say I'm DIYing it, but doesn't everyone? <laughs> like that's what life is. <laughs> yes, I love that. It's so true. And you know, it, it's so interesting as you're sharing all of this, just the piece by piece efforts that it took one foot in front of the other. You may or may not know all of the steps that are going to happen in between each step, but you you just continue to make them. And, and it's also interesting that you point out this concept of professional development and building yourself as a professional post-graduation. I think it's really common for students to go to college, be really excited about that degree, and then just expect that that's the end of their learning. And it's kind of funny because it's really the opposite, right? Like, just like you shared, that's the start of, okay, that was enough tools to get me the basics. Now, when I actually go into the real world, this is where we start learning like the deep dive. This is where we get the real experience. And hopefully, you know, you can do internships and and other experiences that help prep you for that. But it's certainly a learning as you go world that we live in. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Another question that I have for you kind of as a follow up to this. So you're starting your company, you're doing some great courses online to learn. But what were some of the biggest challenges that you experienced maybe up front when you first got started? I think at the very beginning, I had a lot of imposter syndrome. (laughs) And I mean, even now, I still fight it back. You know, imposter syndrome is when you think that even though you are qualified for something, you just compare yourself to others or you compare yourself to yourself and just kind of tear yourself down internally in your thoughts. And so I had to fight that really hard at the beginning because it did feel kind of like a leap because I was just like a fish out of water. (laughs) (laughs) But it worked out just fine because I learned that it was okay that even though I was beginning, I could charge what I needed to for the time that I gave someone my services. You know, it wasn't wrong for me to rewire my brain and say, no, I am worth this. You've invested this, Katie. You can totally do this and then just do it. Because the more I kind of like quieted those thoughts, the more I really could do the hard things that I wanted to do. I really could do the designs that I was wanting to do. I really did actually have kind of a knack to talk to clients and such. So At the beginning, I fought with imposter syndrome and I have since then squished it (laughs) daily. You just got to squish it daily. Um, Squish it daily. Yes. And then another challenge was trying to find my design style. Just having your own business, this could be with anything, just trying to define your aligned client, right? Everyone has their ideal client, their ideal people and sector that they want to work with. And so that was kind of hard for me at the beginning. I don't really love like the boho style of different florals for weddings and stuff. Nothing's wrong with it. Lots of people have beautiful weddings with that style. But for me, I was like, oh, I want like a refined garden look. And I had to work to get that. (laughs) So those are some of the biggest challenges at the very beginning that I faced that I pushed through. (laughs) I love that. Love that. Another question that I had, and I'd love to hear about are some big flop moments, if you will, where something didn't go according to plan. And how did you handle that? What did you do in those situations? Such a good question. I actually asked my husband, you know, like, okay, in the past, what do you think my biggest flop was? And he gave me a couple of ideas. You know, there have been some styled shoots is what we call it. Styled shoots are when you just kind of like you and a couple of the creatives, a photographer, a cake designer, a venue, you know, you put something together and you were able to have more content to post to kind of get your aligned client. There were some of those in the very beginnings where I didn't know what my style was and what I was looking for. So I kind of wasted time and money on 
that. But as soon as I realized I wasted time and money on that, <laughs> I just, you know, did something different. And it's kind of led me to where I was today. But my husband kind of reminded me about this one time where one of my brides didn't know it, but I had gotten food poisoning the morning of her wedding. <laughs> um, so this was a big flop that was outside of my control. <laughs> but obviously it was good. I wasn't contagious or anything. And I just had to push through it. Weddings are really hard because they're like the most important day for your client like ever. So my flop was not being prepared for a flop that I didn't do. (laughs) And that could be anything. What if my car had broke down instead of me just getting food poisoning? And so I have since then learned to plan for disasters. So like I'm not manifesting them into the world or anything. Like I'm not like, oh, this is going to happen. It's more just, oh, if this did happen, I have a backup plan. Let's manifest the backup plan. (laughs) That'll help everything work out. So anyways, long story short, I did get food poisoning. It was icky, but my bride and groom don't know and they never will know. So if they're listening to this, I'm never going to tell you if it was you or not. But my husband drove me to the wedding and it worked out just fine. But I've learned to plan for the unexpected now. What a great theme to think about as we move through this new world of Mm COVID-19. Exactly. (laughs) Well, so Katie, now you've had a couple of years, right, of doing this under your belt. And I'd love to hear as you're living the dream and building the dream, probably with this company, do a quick breakdown for us. What does a day in the life of Katie look like right now for your company? A day in the life of a wedding florist for me is to basically have my home studio. I do a lot of administration. So I would say like daily and weekly and monthly, 70% of my time is admin work. So it's revamping my website, working on search engine optimization, which is if people Google me, my name pops up. It's also things like Instagram, media, Pinterest, those types of things. And then the fun part is talking to clients. So I do a lot of proposal write-ups where I make a pretty proposal. It has all the information and the cost, but it also has their pictures and stuff. So that way they can visually see what their wedding day will look like. So that's like 70% of my time is that. And then like the 30% is actually the fun part the playing with flowers, the, oh, the flowers come from my wholesaler and I'm able to process them and design and take them to the wedding. And so it's actually been a huge surprise because when you're thinking like, I'm going to start a floral business, you just really think I'm just going to be playing with flowers all the time. (laughs) It's not true. (laughs) A lot of the time you're doing admin stuff, a lot of emails, but it's also been good because like if you do that 70% of the admin work, the 30% is so much more fun. Like... (laughs) It's so awesome because you're prepared, you're ready to go, and you can really just have a fun time designing. That's what a day in the life looks like. I love that. Okay, I'm going to throw a question at you that I didn't prep before at all. But I'm really (laughs) curious about, would you mind sharing one of your favorite experiences with a client and what made it such an awesome experience? Yes. So all of my clients have been fantastic. It's been really neat to find that a lot of my clients are kind of like creative minded or if they're not creative, like if they really just want to like give me the reins and go to town, they still have like fun bubbly personalities. So they're all great. But specifically, I had a recent client here this past December. And with COVID and everything, it's kind of like, whoa, everything's different. But she was a lot of fun because they wanted like really jewel tones and they wanted a bunch of different funky and unique things for their wedding. They loved gold. And some people say gold is gaudy or whatever, but really, it's just really pretty. (laughs) And it can be really, it can look really nice if you do it right. And so one of my favorite experiences was with Hannah and Harbor because they really, 
leaned on my expertise. They trusted me, but they also had fun inspiration for their day. And I didn't just have the one call with Hannah. I actually had a couple because she came back and said, oh, I changed my mind. What if we do this instead? And I think it was really nice to have a client who was comfortable asking questions and trusted me, but we were also able to like work together. And now they're like one of my best friends. We're always like hyping each other over Instagram, like, oh, good job, you know, or whatever. So that's been really fun is just the proposal I sent to her, the response and just our communication was really awesome. Love that. Okay. Well, I have a follow-up to the previous question I asked. So you were mentioning how the breakdown wasn't quite what you had originally anticipated, which is a fun thing to learn and experience and move into. But as a follow-up question, were there other things that you were surprised by that you had not anticipated? I knew that being a florist or owning my own business would take a lot of innovation. (laughs) And I was kind of excited for that challenge. You know, I was like, oh, it's going to be so good. But you always look at it in rose colored glasses a little bit. For example, really trying to find leads has been a little bit harder. So now that I hired like an SEO person, like it's helped a lot. I didn't know that I would always be constantly evaluating myself, if that makes sense, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and trying to find the failures. So like you asked me like, oh, you know, you don't really like to talk about failures that much or ask people like, oh, have you failed? Well, the truth is that's what you build everything on is the failures. So I didn't expect myself to have to constantly be evaluating myself in that way. I was excited for the innovation, but it's been interesting being like, oh, so that didn't work. All right, pivot. (laughs) Let's just, let's just try again. (laughs) So I didn't expect that, but it's been really fun to learn that. I love that. And then to follow that up, I'm curious, what have been some of the unexpected benefits? We've talked a little bit about some of the maybe downsides or things we were anticipating, but what have been the really good things that have come out of this business that you just hadn't planned for? Something that I was really surprised in the beginning, like I said, when I went to Blushing Rose Floral's first workshop, she was so, so nice. And so since then, since I've met other creatives in Utah and in the wedding industry, I've met photographers and I've met cake designers and venues and wedding planners. They have all been so nice. So like a benefit of like kind of stepping into this world was that I've met a lot of really nice people and made a lot of really great friends. And I just didn't have that before because I was kind of still new to Utah and I just went to school and got married and (laughs) that's it. So it's been fun to continue to meet people and make friends. You feed off of each other. If you see someone else doing awesome, you're like, yay, good job. And then you also can gain inspiration. And so that's been a huge benefit was just the community. I love that you're bringing up this idea of building meaningful relationships. And it's funny because oftentimes I feel like as career coaches, when we talk with students about networking, they always picture this really formal, really awkward situation where people are just like, help me find a job. And that's like, oftentimes I think people's perception of networking, but it's so funny because what you just described to me is true networking, like in its finest form, when it's this open collaboration, when you're supporting each other and providing feedback and all of these good things to help each other succeed even within the same industry. That is networking and it's so important as we build our careers. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, Katie, I have one final question for you. And that question is, if you could give one piece of advice about turning failures into bright futures, what would it be? So I've been reading Matthew McConaughey's new book, Green Lights. (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) But I'm just going to steal a quote from it because I don't know, I was prepping for this interview and I just thought, this is just perfect quote. So it says, it's not about win or lose. It's about, do you accept the challenge? I really love that because my one piece of advice or anyone wanting to start their own business or anyone going down a different path they didn't anticipate was just accept the challenge. It's okay if you fail at first, but like, 
like you're kind of already winning because you just accepted the challenge. Like, <laughs> like the fact that you have the courage to do that is enough. And you're going to stumble a lot. So don't focus on stumbling as much. You can look at it and value it and say, okay, we've got to redirect, but just accept the challenge and have fun in it. Yeah, that would be my one piece of advice. I love it. Accept the challenge. <laughs> That's great, Katie. Well, I so appreciate you taking the time out of your busy, busy day to just share your insights and maybe be able to reflect on your past experiences and what's gotten you here today. So thank you so much for being here with us. So appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. And if you ever have anyone reach out to you guys wanting to ask questions or anything, like you can check out my Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. Like I said, community over competition. So I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> great. To learn more about Katie's work, visit www.littleladyfloral.com or follow her on Instagram at littleladyfloral. Katie also has been generous enough to offer her 50% discount for fellow creatives on HoneyBook. So check out our bio below for more information. Thanks for joining us here at the Career Studio today. Please join us next week as we continue to discuss this month's theme of failures to bright futures. 